Welcome back to the Maluli Asset Management Podcast. This is episode number 239. I'm one of your co-hosts, Tom Maluli, and along with me is Brendan Maluli. Ready to get going? I think we have some beginning of the year reminders for people in this episode. It's a good right? time of year to be talking about these kind of things because I think it makes a lot of sense. If you let the year slip away from you, if you do these kind of check-in things in March or April, you're already behind the eight ball. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we're recording this uh, second week of January, and uh, people are getting or about to get their first paycheck for the year. Right. So good time to be doing this. And I've seen over the last couple of weeks uh, several articles that are touching on some areas that we want to today. Like uh, there was a good one from CNBC uh, this week about checking in on, on your withholdings for 2019. Uh, and I think that that is a pretty good starting point for most people out there because that's the beginning of the uh, the funnel, so to speak, in terms of financial decisions that you have. The top of it is your gross income. And, and uh, we want to manage flows from there. We want to manage cash flow properly. So let's start at the top of the funnel. Yeah. So uh, let's jump right into this. Yeah. Uh, so this this article was talking about taking a look at your W four, which pretty much everybody should be familiar with to some extent, and that's where you're going to elect uh, withholdings um, for for federal and state taxes that that come out of your paycheck. And so reviewing that at this point of the year is a good idea because if you've started a new job or you've had your income change at all over the last 12 months uh, or you haven't looked at it in a couple of years if if things have been status quo uh, it's a good time to check in to make sure that you are not only withholding enough because nobody likes tax surprises but but not withholding uh, too much either you want to find a sweet spot I think that's important if you're habitually getting a refund, I'm sure someone has told you that you're giving the government a interest-free loan Mm -hmm. over the course of 12 months. On the flip side, like Brendan said, if you're always finding that you're coming up short and you have to write a check in April of the following year, you can take steps by adjusting your W-4 to increase your withholding throughout the year so it doesn't become a problem for you. I mean, discrepancies there in either direction. Um, I'm thinking specifically of... If you are over withholding, if you can if you can fix a problem like that, the next area that I think you should be looking at is not on the W four, but it would be through uh, payroll at work nonetheless. But but how much you want to uh, send to your retirement accounts? Maybe if it's through work, uh, you're doing it through payroll. Uh, but if it's not directly connected to your job, that's the next step. So if you can correct a mistake in terms of being over withheld, you can then. And I would recommend doing this if you're not hitting your maximums for retirement savings. You can take that percentage that you were um, being overwithheld on and just directly send it to your uh, retirement savings uh, through work, 401k, 403b, 457. Tom Maluli is an investment advisor representative with Maluli Asset Management. All opinions expressed by Tom and his podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Maluli Asset Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only 
and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Clients of Maluli Asset Management may maintain positions in securities discussed in this podcast. There's some new limits for 2019 for retirement plan contributions. Do you want to walk through some numbers on that? So in 2019, uh, you can now send up to $19,000 per year into your 401k, 403b, 457 plan at work. Uh, additionally, if you're over age 50, you can send another $6,000 a year to hit a maximum of $25,000. So I'm just going to hit the pause button there. $25,000, married couple can now put 50 grand away in a year through their 401k or other retirement plan at work. Yep. Pretty good deal. Yeah. And, and on top of that, uh, IRAs now uh, are up to $6,000 uh, per year as well with um, the same, still the same $1,000 of catch up. Uh, contribution if you are over age 50. Uh, so that could be another 14,000 between a married couple as long as uh, they are qualified to you know send into traditional Roth. Uh, I mean, everybody can send into an IRA. It's just a matter of whether it's deductible or not. Right. But our friend Bill Sweet shared some numbers on Twitter back at the beginning of the year, just as a, a good reminder, and it ties in perfectly with what we're discussing today. Uh, if you're paid two times a month, uh, he broke down dollars and cents what you need to send into your 401k to hit these new maximums. So if you're looking to hit the $19,000 annual maximum contribution, uh, that would be $791.67 per paycheck to hit your maximum. And if you are over age 50 and looking to hit the $25,000 maximum, that's going to be uh, $1,041.67 per paycheck. That'll put you on track. Uh, at, at this point, maybe a little behind because you uh, have gotten one or you know, maybe even two paychecks by the time you're listening to this. But those, those numbers should give you an idea of the ballpark. Dollars and cents, that would need to come out of your paycheck to hit these, these uh, maximums. So that's if you're paid two times a month. Of course, if you're paid twice uh, every, two, every other week, the numbers are going to be different. Right. You're going to have 26 pay periods instead of 24. So these are good good numbers. And likewise, we have new numbers on the IRAs as well. That would be $500 a month, uh, $500 per pay period. A lot easier, oh. uh, 500 a month 500 uh, for a month. the IRA to hit the maximum at 6,000. Uh, nice and clean now with uh, a round number right. uh, as the maximum. And 583 a month if you're going to hit that uh, $7,000. Um, contribution limit there. Why is it important to check this, these kind of things at the beginning of the year? I mean, we've already talked about how it's important to, you know, if you get 24 checks in a year to spread this out over 24 equal payments. But what does this do in terms of setting people up for cash flow uh, as they go through the year? Well, if you uh, are thinking about this in terms of, I, I used the term funnel before, you're starting at the top of the funnel with what you're earning in a year. Taxes are coming off of the top right away from your paychecks. So you want to make sure first stop on the bus, you're making sure you're not making a, a mistake there in either direction as discussed. And then I think immediately the next one you want to do is, is take care of these automatic saving contributions. And so we touched on retirement plans through work. Um, IRA would be more uh, self-directed. Uh, in addition to that, I think you want to look at regularly sending things, uh, money to things like uh, an emergency fund or a shorter-term savings goal. Like if you're saving up for 
uh, a down payment or something like that, or you have like a, a vacation fund that you fill up throughout the year, you want to you want to look at the savings next because you want to get all of your obligations, so to speak, uh, out of the way. When you can do that and look at them um, in hindsight, you want to look now is a good time to look at you know where you're at. Uh, for 2019 moving forward, but you can use 2018 as, you know, the the laboratory to see how everything worked out and and take a look at what you made in 2018 and then put all of these different savings uh, things as well as the taxes into percentage terms and see these these big line items come off of the top uh, because that's gonna that's gonna guide the next step which is what you're spending and obviously you have different categories of spending that. Yeah, it'd be good to look at in percentage terms too. But really, you know, if you're if you're making if you're making smart decisions with taxes and your savings plan, uh, the spending is is going to be a little bit easier. You kind of back into that aspect of it. I think people tend to forget the old maxim of pay yourself first. Right. And you know, they get they get their paycheck and they pay their car loan, they pay their mortgage. They pay down a credit card, and they have yet to pay themselves. And then they get to the end of the month or the end of the pay period. There's very little money left, and they say, "Okay, maybe, maybe I'll get that in the next check." Mm-hmm. Doesn't really, not really a plan. Yeah, I think you want to automate these savings decisions so that that isn't happening. Because if the plan is to just save what's left over, I don't think that's going to be uh, very successful. I agree. You can take a look at, uh, and and these will come. You know, not right away in in uh, 2019, but you know, you're gonna get 1099s and W2s over the next couple of month uh, months from from employment and other you know income that you may have earned over the course of uh, 2018. A good time to review and and put these numbers into percentage terms when when you look at them. A lot of times, these these tax uh, forms are just getting chucked into a drawer so that you can bring them with you to your you know tax preparer. Uh, or but accountant, there's a, but uh, there's a lot of information on them. There's really good information on them, and uh, obviously your accountant is going to learn this information about you. But you know there may there may not necessarily be a sit down where they're going to review and give you guidance on that. They may just use it to prepare your taxes, depending on your relationship with them. And you could learn a lot about your personal financial situation by just going through those documents line by line it's and they're not they're pretty straightforward they're going to tell you exactly uh the information that you need to know so one of the things that you had mentioned before we even turned on the microphones was to look at how much money you saved over the last year as a percentage of your income do you want to talk a a little bit about that yeah I, i think it's important to look at it as a percentage of income because i know we've discussed this on the podcast before we have these contribution limits for things like 401ks and IRAs. And uh, it's great that they're rising. Uh, at the same time, depending on what your income level is and, and the lifestyle you, le- you lead, you could max out your 401k every year for 20 or 30 years as you work. And it may not, it may not be enough, uh, even with investment returns over two or three decades to support that same lifestyle in retirement. And so you want to make sure there's an alignment between those two things uh, because these limits are limitations set by the IRS each year. They're not necessarily uh, recommendations in terms of if you're hitting these numbers, like you're going to be you're going to be good to go in retirement. 
Yeah, I think, you know, another way of saying what you uh, just mentioned was if you're maxing out your contribution at work, that doesn't mean you can check the box and say, okay, retirement's done. Right. It may or it may not be. Yeah. You know, for some people, uh, hitting the maximum of 19000 for a calendar year, depending on the gross income you're starting from, may, may be unreasonable. Right. Like that might be 40% of somebody's income, and uh, that's not going to happen you know, either obviously, and they shouldn't beat themselves up to try to get to this 19,000 number like it's, you know, the magic bullet and everything will be great if they can just max out. Uh, it's a good goal to have, but you got to put it into the context of your situation. And so if you're looking at it in percentage terms of, of your income, I think that intuitively makes sense to me because the assumption it's making is that, you know, if you're saving, 10 to 20% of your income, no matter where you are on the spectrum in terms of uh, gross income, you're, you're doing a good thing, I think, in my book, if, if you're in that range of uh, percentage. I'm going to venture a guess and say that very few people know what percentage they're actually saving mm-hmm. in, a, in a year. I mean, they may know, okay, well, I, I maxed out my 401k, mm-hmm. but they, they couldn't tell you how much is in the bank versus how much it was in there 12 months ago. They may have had a situation where they had to dip into their emergency resources right. and spend some money too. Yeah. Uh, and that's something that uh, tends to get overlooked. I mean, we have some, we've had some conversations with people who actually had an emergency account, had an emergency, but never really refilled the pot either. Mm-hmm. And that's a really great thing to assess, you know, with, with all these other uh, topics we've discussed today. I... I'm of the belief that with an emergency fund, it makes a lot of sense to have a regular percentage going into an account like that because it's not as if, like what you just said, you can't just drop six months of expenses into there and then forget about it forever because uh, what happens when you dip into it? What's the plan to, to refill it? And so to have something going in there, whatever the percentage is, in addition to your retirement savings, um, going into this rainy day fund, I think it makes a lot of sense. And if you go to reassess the situation because you've dipped into it or, you know, something happened over the last year and now you're you're looking at things and you're like, well, I only have two months of expenses or we have six and we used to have 12 and, and I'd really like to be at that level again. It's, you know, it's drifted to uh, the bottom end of the range that you're comfortable with. But something in a situation like that, that could take another 12 or 18 months to get the number from six months to 12 months of resources. Yeah, it's going to killing yourself. It's going to depend. And I think that's why you want to consider it in the context of all these other savings decisions, because it may be the kind of... Uh, situation where you want to lower the percentage going towards uh, another one of you know, your savings plan. Like you might want to lower the contribution rate for the first half of 2019 to the 401k to refill the emergency bucket uh, if you can't rearrange other parts of your cash flow to make it happen. Because I don't think you you don't want to set up a goal to refill your emergency fund and and figure out that, you know, do the math, it's going to take me two years to refill this, that's not really, uh, that's not a great plan because what happens if between now and those two years, something changes. So right. I think refilling the emergency fund, if it has uh, been diminished, should be a top priority to tackle right away. And if it means sacrificing uh, in other areas 
whether it be spending or other savings areas that you have, I think that makes a, you know, a lot of sense to me at least. So let's say you've been uh, putting money into retirement accounts and you have an emergency account and you have money going into savings and or investment, what's left? Uh, at that point, I think you know you're you're onto the spending aspect of things, and and obviously there's going to be more important parts of spending than others, like your mortgage or your rent and bills and uh, you know any any debts that you're paying down, student loans, things like that. But you know you can prioritize these spending categories again. Probably good to look at it in percentage terms of your income. That can be eye opening. Wow, I spend X percentage of my income as you know, just discretionary, like fun stuff every month. It's it's important to have that part of your uh, plan defined so that it doesn't get crazy or out of hand or you're not doing any of it and you're living too frugally and you don't need to. Right. Um, but I'm of the belief that if you're doing all these things right that we've discussed down uh, the list here, that if you are spending what is left over after you're doing all those things you just said, that's not the end of the world. I think that that's okay. I think it's completely okay, and I don't think that uh, folks uh, should beat themselves up if they're doing all the other things. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest takeaway for me is a reminder at the beginning of every year, you've got to pay yourself first. Yeah. And no one else is going to do it for you. Yeah. So if you don't take care of your savings and retirement, no one's going to do it for you. I wouldn't rely on Social Security to bail you out. Yeah. So. And so uh, there's there's no... Uh, there's no magic to doing this in January. It's convenient because New Year, everybody seems to be in this kind of a mode, but uh, really you can do this kind of a checkup at any point throughout the year. It just happens to be convenient right now, especially because you know, you're know you just starting over uh, fresh with taxable income for a new year. So if you're starting with something like tax withholdings, it uh, could be as good a time as any to uh, take a look at that. Good stuff from Brendan. Thank you very much for that. So that's going to wrap up episode number 239. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you on the next one.